Hi, and welcome back to I Guess I'm Good at Reading. I am your host, Ava, and today I am joined by my very first guest. Hi, I'm Ava's very first guest. I'm Olivia. (laughs) Olivia is my best friend, and she's been living at my house for four weeks. Four weeks. And I told her when when she moved in for the temporarily, I said, hey, you have to be on my podcast and be a guest. And she was like, okay, cool. And we had four weeks, four weeks to read this book and record a thing. And she's leaving in two days and it's the middle of the night and we're doing it now. So we read most of the book in one day because I was too lazy to read the book. I just didn't (laughs) want to do it. I didn't want to do it. It's summer. Why don't you tell them a little bit about the book? Okay, about the book. Um, this is a book. It is yellow on the cover, and there's a girl sitting on her bed. I know you can't see it, but I just thought, you know, you want you want to know. If you Google the title of the book, which I'm about to tell you, you will find what the book looks like. And the title is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And it's a novel by Judy Bloom. Thank. That was a perfect description. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, let's be honest. We definitely have, this is like our, what, third time trying to film this? This is definitely our third, record. Record this? This is definitely Jeez. our third take. Because the first time, I don't even remember what happened. No. The second time, my microphone was not plugged in. And then the third time, a bug committed suicide in my water, so I had to get a refill. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of sad. We're mourning we've him, been, we've her. Been, we've been through a lot of uh, this this fine a early, early morning. It's 12.04 a.m., and I've already witnessed a death. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the book. Yes, Do you want to give your own version of maybe a, a summary? I will give my version. I think you probably want to listen to Ava's version. It's probably better, but I'll give you mine. Um, It's about this girl named Margaret, and she moved to New Jersey, right? New Jersey and, like, the suburbs. And she used to live in the city. And it's kind of about her, like, finding her footing. Does that, is that, like, an actual thing that people say? I don't think think so, but we can go with it. Um, it's kind of about her finding her footing in, like, this new town, making friends. The superior character of this book, uh, Nancy, is her first friend that she meets. And she meets some other people. She joins a club. You learn a lot about, like, this is a really good book if you're, like, a preteen or, yeah. like, an, like, a sixth grader, you know? You're kind of going through everything. And it's a nice book to know, uh... She has parents, too. She's not just by herself. <laughs> she also has a grandma. I mean, she has two grandmas and a grandpa, but the other grandma and grandpa, we don't really talk about them a lot until, like, later. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't stay on task. Uh, uh, let's see. You want to say something? Yeah, I can say some things. Um, when I... When I um, my my first my first interaction with this book cuz this was both not our first time no, reading it. No, we both read this. So, before. my first interaction with this book was when I was 10 or 11. My I was living in South America and I didn't have a, like my books with me, so my mom got me a Kindle and she would buy me Kindle books. Um cuz I I didn't just have access to like books in English all the time. We get it, you're cultured. And, <laughs> and my mom was like, "Hey, can Sophie, who's my younger sister, can she uh use your Kindle so I can get some books for her too?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And at the time, she would have been like 8. And my mom had gotten some Judy Bloom books, and I think she was kind of thinking that this book was going to be more along the lines of like the Super Fudge type books. Ah, uh, yes. Um so she got one of those for Sophie, but Sophie like wasn't 
like ready to jump on reading it so I was like oh it's on my kindle might as well read it and I read it and I went to my mom and I was like hey maybe this is not the book for the eight-year-old I enjoyed it a lot (laughs) but maybe this can be for me and my mom was like okay so then I've read it a couple times since then just because it's like this is kind of random but I have like background books that I read does that you know how you have like background tv shows wait but how does that work because if you're having a background tv show you're you're doing something else while the tv show is playing okay, do you so, read while like okay doing okay something I else? wouldn't say back, I wouldn't say background I would say like if I'm on like a trip and I'm staying with my grandparents for two weeks and like I don't have like a lot of books with me or a new book to read it's one of the books that I'll go back to to read again to fill the time. That has nothing to do with background. Okay, <laughs> well, that's just how I associated it. I'm just messing with you. No, that's nice. I totally <laughs> but I meant get what like, you mean by um, that. Yeah, so kind of like a, a filler book that I read when I don't have anything else to read. Because um, I think it is very cute. Um, it teaches you a lot about a lot about periods and a lot about God. Yes. And I, and I think that's... Uh, yes, and it's that's the a very combination. interesting teaching about god because it's not she doesn't have like her religion she just talks to god and i think that's very nice and i think that's it's sweet so i don't exactly remember my first time reading this book i was probably around the same age um it was in the middle of like a I think I was, like, a little bit too old for Junie B. Jones, and so I was, like, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I was a big Junie B. Jones girl. Um, I can see that. I would like to do the musical, or is it a musical or play? I'm pretty sure it's a... I think it's a musical. Musical. Uh, don't quote me on that. But I'm still waiting to be cast as Junie B. Jones in that. You know, we'll see where that goes. I'll update you. Um, <laughs> But it was like, my my mom probably was like, Olivia, you can't just read Junie B. Jones for the rest of your life. And I was like, that's just not true, but okay. And <laughs> so I read, uh, I'm pretty sure I picked, pi- wow, I'm pretty sure I picked this book out because it was by Judy Bloom, and that kind of reminded me of Junie B. Jones. There's a J, there's a B, you know. <laughs> and I think it's actually the first Judy Bloom book that I read, and I went on to read others. There's lots of them. Um... And they're nice books for kids. Yes. Yes. I did enjoy them. All right. Well, I was also about, a nerd. How oh, about yeah. Let's actually talk about the book. Jump into the story. So, like you said, the book starts. Well, okay. It starts with Margaret's kind of opening line, which like is. Like a monologue. Type thing. Yeah. It's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which she repeats when she, like. I, about every chapter, I would say, or every few chapters, mm. Margaret says a sort of prayer, and that's how she starts all of her prayers. I think it is every chapter. I remember seeing it either in the beginning or at the end, sometimes in the middle. every chapter but she I'm says sure, some kind of prayer. And it, you would think it would be repetitive, but it's actually really sweet. I did enjoy it. I did it listening to her little cute. prayers. Well, I think it's a good kind of... You know, like, and we can get more to it later, but I, I underlined something in the first chapter. You did? Something chapter. Well, c- when I read it a different time. And... The way um, you turn pages is so obnoxious. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> um, uh, there's a line. So, basically, well, first of all, what Margaret talks about is how her, her dad was Jewish, her mom was Christian, and they got married, and it caused 
turmoil within the families. And so they decided that they weren't going to be any religion and that Margaret could decide what religion she wanted to be if she wanted to be any religion and when she was older. And let's just say the family, the grandparents of Margaret, are not really exactly happy about her not being religion. They both want her, like, one wants to, her to be Jewish and the other they want her to be Christian. And so that is that comes into play later in the book. Right, so at the beginning of the book she's talking about how, like, um... She doesn't, she, she wants to feel God or she like feels like there is some kind of God there, but since she doesn't have an exact religion to follow, she doesn't exactly know how to find them. And there's a line that her mom says, uh, or she doesn't say it, but Margaret's point of view says, my mother says that God is a nice idea. He belongs to everybody. And I think I underlined that because sometimes I feel like with all the different kinds of religions, I think a lot of people sometimes actually lose focus of what it's about and instead of it really like I mean what all religion or most religions are trying to do ultimately is just like praise and worship and follow God but then sometimes I feel like we get caught up in like well this religion has these rules and this religion says this and this religion says this and it's like we we become so focused sorry we had a moment of technical difficulty but we're not not very tech savvy (laughs) I was saying um I feel like a lot of the time with different religions, we kind of get wrapped up in like which one is right and which one has the best standards and which one has the best rules. And I think we kind of lose sight of what's really important. If, if that it is in fact important to you. Um, I mean, the, the ultimate goal is just praising God. And I think sometimes we forget that so I think it's nice when we can kind of look at it as like I am like out of breath from running up the stairs oh my goodness (laughs) work out (laughs) when um I'm kidding I don't work out she does when we can when we can look at it as more of just like gods for everyone and it's not necessarily about which religion you are and coming from coming from someone who doesn't associate themselves with any religion but does feel oh, a connection. No, no, no. I'm talking about Margaret. Oh, I was like, I thought you I did. Feel, I mean, no. I mean, I've been raised in a certain Christian denomination that I do believe. Mormon girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, which I do believe has helped me be a good person in many, many, many ways. But it is something that sometimes I kind of feel like people get caught up in like the self-righteousness of themselves and like proving that this one is like the one true church that they kind of lose sight of what ultimately is the goal which is to just love everyone and um praise god if you so wish to but i I was saying margaret you know she's someone she doesn't associate herself with any religion but she still feels god and wants to talk to him yes um and which I think, I think is a nice. good, yeah. it's a good, um, I grew up, I went to church, like, a lot, I went to, like, Sunday school and stuff when I was younger, uh, as I got older, we kind of stopped going, we moved a little bit, so it was kind of crazy, but, I mean, I don't know, really, what religion I would fall into, I was grown up, I grew up being Christian Methodist, mm-hmm. and, I really did like it, and I liked that, but recently it's more been, like, a personal connection with God, just, like, kind of how she is, is, like, I'll talk to him sometimes, yeah, and thank him for everything he did that day, or everything he always does, not just that day, but I'll thank him for things, and sometimes I'll ask him for things, because, you know, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. 
so. Anyway, so getting into the story, like you said, she moves to a new town. I did say that, yes. And <laughs> she moves, she moves because her, well, one, her parents say that they want, like, a house out of the city and her father gets another job. But also, she specifies that her parents want to move to get her away from her grandmother. Yes, that was like shocking, and they really didn't say a lot about that. They kind of just like threw that out and were like, "You come to your own conclusions about that." It was just kind of like I think they the whole thing's from Margaret's uh, point of view, and it's she's like I think they wanted to move away to get away from my grandmother Sylvia. I really like that it is in Margaret's point of view because there are certain things that you really don't find out because she doesn't know everything and she speculates what some things are and sometimes you're like, I don't know if that's exactly the reason why, but it gets you into her mind and the way it's written, it works really well because like you really, you're reading it and you feel like you're this kid and you don't really know exactly what's going on, but you think you know exactly what's going on and it's... It's a nice little feeling. Yeah. She's a nice girl. So she moves in, and immediately she's, um, there's a knock on her door. And she Nancy! Nancy! Who, can we talk about Nancy for a minute? She is the best character. Nancy is the superior character in the the story. I do not care what you say. Nancy is the best character. I know she's problematic. Oh, 100%. But but all good characters are. I mean, she's, because... Margaret's a little whiny sometimes. You know, she can get a little annoying. I mean, listen, love her, stand her, you know, Margaret support system going on here. But Nancy, I don't know, as soon as she put on her, she has this drawer and it has all this makeup in it. And as soon as she put on that pink lipstick, I was like, you are the one I like. I, I, this is the best character in the book. Also, I would like a spinoff with just Nancy. Thank you. You commented on the fact that her name is Nancy Wheeler, like from Stranger Nancy Things. Wheeler. And I had not noticed that before. I think Stranger Things copied, or this book copied, listen, I know this book copy came out first, but maybe they copied Stranger Things. <laughs> also, I don't know if you're going to edit this, but the amount of times I mix up words, like I'm just saying I'm sorry in advance because maybe it's a little <laughs> bit giggly to keep it in. The fact no. that I can't talk. <laughs> No, it's okay. It's it's 12.19 a.m. currently, so I don't know that either of us are going to be perfectly articulate. Articulate. I can't talk I don't know if that at was any even time. Correct. It is articulate, right? So basically, she goes to Nancy's house, and Nancy is very, quote-unquote, grown up to Margaret. I would argue that Nancy's actually pretty immature. Less I mature think, than Margaret. I, I, would, I, would, I would say so, too. Um, but, you know, shook it. I did. that might, I hope you didn't hear that. Um, you probably did. It's Ava's fault. The sound is awful. It's her fault. Um, I would blame her. Leave her a nasty comment. I'm kidding. Leave nice reviews, please. So, we're sensitive. Um, you know, she goes over to Nancy's house and Nancy does lipstick and she talks about how she practices kissing boys on her pillow and, um, Marco borrows a swimsuit from her and, um, She's like, where should I change? And Nancy's like, oh, you can just change here. So then Margaret's, like, self-conscious because she feels like her boobs are too flat compared to Nancy. Um, Girl, we've all been there. Which I... Have you not? Well, okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I've always been the... it, it reminded me of, like, so I've always been, the f- like, the person who, like, I have people over to my house and we're going to change in swimsuits and I do not care if we're all naked in front of each other. I don't care if it's the first time we've met. Of course not. But it's not that big of a deal. But I have had friends where, like, I've had them over and I've been like, okay, here's a swimsuit, go put it on. And they're like, 
right here? And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't see the issue. And they're like, oh, okay, it's just kind of awkward. And I was like, oh, well, you can go in the bathroom if you want. And they're like, well, no, I'll stay in here. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, maybe I've accidentally made a lot of people really uncomfortable. Probably. And I didn't realize <laughs> I'm it. I'm just kidding. No, because I agree with you. I think it's like, I would change, especially as like a kid, like you just changed your clothes. You don't really think about anything. Yeah. But like, I think it was the way that, no, I don't know what I was going to say. Probably something about developing. So, because Nancy was a little bit more developed than Margaret. Right. But, all, but not by much. Really not, not by, by much, much at all. They were, I would say they were even, like, evenly, like, developed. Yeah. But Nancy kind of has this, like, aura of, like, she's tricking people into thinking that she is, like, smarter and, like, she's, mm-hmm. I mean, in her mind, maybe she is. And Margaret hooks onto that and so Margaret really thinks that Nancy is this like whole other like exactly even though Nancy's like I think Nancy's actually younger than her or is she older I I remember there's like a two-month difference between them but I can't remember which one's older and which Mm. one's younger maybe Nancy is younger I think Nancy might be a bit younger. We could be wrong, though. I could be very wrong. So, um, they go outside in the sprinklers, and they meet, uh, Nancy has an older brother named Evan, and he's got a best friend named Moose, who Margaret... Moose! Margaret kind of, he kind of catches her eye just a little bit. What are you Um, talking about? I like this line from Nancy when, when... Uh, Margaret asks about her brother. She doesn't. You don't mean catching her eye. Like she's not romantically interested. No, in no, him. no, 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 no. <laughs> I think we should clarify that she's not have a crush on him. But she just she, notices him. She, she, Margaret notices a lot. Also, that's another thing. Is she is very aware of things yeah. that are going on. But Moose did catch like her attention. She, right. Exactly. Okay. So it's not a romantic attraction. It's just more yeah, like clarify that. Thank she's you. She's interested oh. to know more about him. And so she asked Nancy about uh, her brother, and I like this line. She says, he's my brother, he's disgusting. And Margaret says, disgusting how? And Nancy says, because he's 14. All boys of 14 are disgusting. They're only interested in two things. Pictures of naked girls and dirty books. That is... Here, wait, you're gonna... Oops. You're kind of knocking it down. <laughs> um, that is very accurate. That is the best description of 14-year-old boys I have ever heard. Nancy, the wise one. I'm kidding. I don't know that I've been too, I guess, privy, of, um, exposed to many 14-year-old boys Not in my life. Not even when you were 14? No, well, when I was 14, I had, like, two 14-year-old guy friends. Oh, yeah, you went, but you you didn't, yeah. I was homeschooled I knew a lot school. of 14-year-old boys, and let's just say, nah. Okay. Different breed. So I guess maybe we have different perspectives because I was homeschooled. I was public school. You were public school in middle school. <laughs> I was. So middle it's very different. Sense. I loved middle school. I'm kidding. No one likes middle school. So basically, she starts school and Nancy... <gasps> they start school and they have a male teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very important. So they have... Very important. They have Go a, Olivia for making sure we They have that. a first year teacher. It's his first time teaching. It's a very young male and every ow, ow, ow. people are very I guess you could say flustered by that the yes. some of the like Margaret's mom is like concerned that she's not gonna learn enough because he's a guy and because he's young Mm-mm. which I guess maybe well a but... lot of parents don't like first year teachers because it is right. it makes them feel like their children are kind of like the guinea pigs of how he's teaching they might not learn a lot because he's still getting figuring out what to do and Margaret's mom 
is very much aware of that, and she voices her concerns a little bit after. But, I mean, also, these kids are in sixth grade. Like, they'll be fine. They're yeah. okay. <laughs> you don't really... There's nothing you learn I in sixth grade that is ever... I don't think you need to stress about So, um, so they got a new teacher, and he has them do this project where he's like, write down your name, things you hate, things you love, and she writes on there that she hates religious holidays. And so he calls her after class, and he's like, hey, do you want to explain your answer? And she's like, oh, I'm just not part of any religion, and they don't matter to me. Um, but then later, when talking to her friend, she worries that, like, maybe he thought that was really weird, and now he's going to think that, like, I'm, yeah, like, the weird kid. weird. She's, like, that kid. Yeah. Um, so she goes to Nancy's house for a meeting of Nancy's new secret club that Nancy invites her to. And it's her... Oh, can I say something? Yes, you may. What was the thing about... This actually isn't super important to the plot, but I liked it. I like... There was a scene where Nancy tells Margaret not to wear socks with her oh, shoes. Yeah. What type of shoes are they? I can't remember. They're like loafers. Loafers. And Margaret does it because Nancy says something, Margaret's going to do it. You know, she thinks that Nancy's the coolest thing ever since sliced bread. Um, but uh, Margaret's mom warns her about wearing no socks she says you need to wear it you're gonna get blisters and margaret does get blisters and there's this cute little thing about her saying like yeah like moms are always right which they are so listen to your mom (laughs) i just wanted to say that i thought that that was like a little has that ever happened to you where people have told you like to wear a certain thing or do a certain thing and it just ended up being like not worth it i'm trying to think um not really i was I kind of just did what I wanted. Like, I just... <laughs> I was a, I was a free spirit, especially in, like, sixth grade. But my mom, if I did say something and I was like, I want to wear this, like, I would wear, like, shorts and it would be, like, freezing outside. I lived in Kansas, so it was, like, literally freezing. 32 degrees, right? That's freezing. Aww. Yeah, that's cold. Yeah, that's cold. That's pretty cold. Well, that's literally freezing, isn't it? Isn't 32 freezing? Girl, I could not tell you. Okay, I live well, in anyway... Texas. Okay, yeah, you've never experienced that before, but I, I would be wearing shorts, and my mom would be like, Olivia, you don't want to wear shorts, you'll get cold, and I would wear them anyway, and I would get cold, and I'd be like, yep, my mom's always right, you know, she she knows I should have worn leggings or something. Leggings under my shorts, because, you know, style icon. Yeah. Okay, back so, to the book. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> there's, so there's three other girls, or it's uh, Margaret, Nancy, and two other girls, Janie and Gretchen. And they start off their their meeting by talking about this girl in their class named Laura Danker, who they like to kind of pick on because she's very much taller and more developed. She looks a lot older than a sixth grader. And I think they they come at it from a place of being like, oh, that's that must be so awkward for her, or like she does things with boy with like they, high school boys. Well, or they eighth accused grade boys. her of going under the bleachers with a yeah, boy. They basically slut shame her. But they are, I but I think it comes from a place of jealousy. That's what I was gonna I think say. That that's what I and that's like never her. that's never cleared on. Like they never have that discussion where they're like, oh, we're jealous, or even Margaret. Something happens with Margaret and Laura later on, and even then, when that's kind of quote unquote resolved, they never actually, you well, know, say that or express that. She does that. say something. Margaret says something about how she wishes she looked like what's her name, Laura. 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 I don't know how to pronounce names very well. Laura. Um, she wishes that she looked more like Laura than she did look like herself. So I think that's when I finally realized, I was like, oh, there. I mean, it's quite 
obvious in some points. I mean, they all want to be developed. And that's an ongoing thing is they all want to start their period. They all want that. And there's this girl who probably has and is a lot more developed than them. And they're mean to her, which it's, it comes from a place of jealousy. And Margaret, she does say something. She says yeah. that. But it's not even, they never confirm it. You just have to kind of come up with your own conclusion. Well, and I think that's something kind of we can all say that we're guilty of is, um, you know, I've definitely found myself doing it well, maybe be sitting there and maybe talking bad about some person and being like, oh, she's so annoying the way she does this or the way she says that or the way she wore that. And, um, like, and then I think, I think about it and I'm like, well, no, am, am I, am I upset because she actually is annoying or actually is like rude or am I upset because I maybe wish that I looked like her or I yes. wish that I had her life or I wish that I dressed like her I or mean, acted like her. Yeah, I would find, I would find myself, I'd be like scrolling through social media, which is extremely toxic. Just social media is awful, <laughs> but we're all stuck to it. doesn't. Anyway, but I would find myself scrolling through social media and I'll see this girl who's, like, gorgeous and I'll try to find things that are wrong with her to make me feel better Mm -hmm, about myself, which is awful. And I've definitely gotten better about that. I haven't done that in a while. But I... It's just such an awful thing and I think we're kind of programmed like it. Like, we need to do the whole girl supporting girls and I think that that comes up later in this book. It's a nice Mm -hmm. little support each other, love each other, and just because you're jealous of someone, don't pick them apart to make yourself feel better because you also never know what's going on in their life. You never know that you're just judging them. Right. And you notice that as much as we love her, (laughs) Nancy does kind of do that to the other members of the friend group. Oh, Nancy is... Like, there's, there's the instance where um, Gretchen was getting an Oreo out of the box, and Nancy kind of makes a comment. She's like, how much weight did you put on over the summer? And she's like, and Gretchen's like, oh, not much really, and, like, puts a couple Oreos back. Um, Which is awful. Like, they're sixth graders. It just, that is so sad that that is what... Yeah. And Nancy is... I mean, that really does show the type of person Nancy is. And I think that Nancy is also really jealous of everyone. I think she's very insecure. Mm -hmm. I really think she is. But she's also so funny. And she's got this zest to her, which is why we like her. (laughs) She's not exactly the best role model. I wouldn't say she's the best character in terms of, like, morale. But she's definitely definitely the most interesting character in the book, for sure. Yeah, I love Um, her. She's wonderful. So then they're like, oh, we gotta come up with some rules. And so they say, like, well, we're gonna meet one day a week, which is obvious. And then Nancy makes a rule that everyone has to wear bras. And all the other girls, even though they don't show it, because they don't want Nancy to know, internally they're all kind of like, well, uh uh-oh. Because, like, we don't wear bras. Now we have to go, like, buy some. This is awkward. Which is such an awkward experience. I don't know if you remember. I remember buying my first, like, trainer bra with my mom, and it was, like, the most, like, it was the scariest thing, because also, I think I bought it probably before I needed it, because all of my friends were wearing them, and I, I was, Margaret, I was slow to develop. I wasn't... See, I didn't go with my mom to buy my first bras. You lucked out. She just came home from the store one day and had bought some and was like, hey, I thought you might want to try these on. Aww. So I got the the at-home. Lucky. It was delivered to you. I went went to Target with my mom, and everyone who saw me buying it, they're like, she doesn't need that. I just want it to be cool. Don't touch (laughs) me. So the other rule is that they all have to keep boy books, which is like where they write down the names 
of the boys that they like in order of how much they like them and every week they have to pass it around and see who's on whose list which I would have hated that I'm sorry I would have never done that really I mean me and my friends like when we were in middle school like I mean we'd we'd all get together and we'd talk about like who we liked and who we thought was cute um but most of the time we all kind of had the the same guy for like oh, yeah. a couple years. There's definitely there's the one guy and all the girls like him. But like also you're in sixth grade, like Well, and that's the the Philip what's yeah. his last name? Leroy? I think it's his last name. Leroy. Philip Leroy. I am not sure. I am pretty sure that is his name. I'm going to say that that is his name. Philip If we'll correct ourselves later if we when find we find out we're wrong. Um, so that's kind of the Philip Leroy character. There's this boy at their school that everyone, all the girls think he's so cute and he's so charming for a sixth grader. However, what? however, however cute and charming you can be as a sixth grader. And, um, so they all in their books, they all write him as number one. And when Margaret's thinking about who she's going to write down, she actually, she, she's not, she doesn't really think Philip Leroy is her number one because she's thinking about Moose and there's like another kid in her class. I think. Wait, so did she, she like Moose? I could never I think she did out. like Moose, but I think it wasn't like a crush. It's just whenever she did see him, she kind of maybe got like the butterflies, but she didn't necessarily, like it wasn't a full on crush. It was just kind of like, I don't know. So she thinks about writing down Moose, but she's like, well, no, Moose is Evan's best friend and Nancy hates them. So I can't write that down. Nancy's going to judge me. Well, yeah, she so. very much, Margaret very much cares about Nancy's opinion. So she just by default writes down Philip Leroy, who she does think is quite attractive, but she's like, oh, Nancy's not going to judge me if I write Philip Leroy because everybody likes Philip Leroy. So it's not going to be like that. And then she picks one other boy from her class that she thinks is kind of cute. And they pass around the books and um, Nancy, when Nancy sees all of them, she gets to Margaret last and she goes, I don't remember what the kid's name was. I think it was like Jay. She's like, Jay, why do you like him? And Margaret's like, why are you criticizing mine? Which I've definitely. I don't I got, think I, she I, says I, anything, but she's. Does she say anything? No, she doesn't say. It. Just in it. her internal, in her internal monologue, she's like, it, "That kind of annoyed me because she didn't question the boys that Nancy and Gretchen, or uh, that Gretchen and Janie wrote down, but she's like questioning mine." Um, Mar- Margaret feels very intimidated by Nancy. I guess you could say. Um, they decide to call themselves the four PTSs, and kind of their their goal as a group is to like work towards a goal of developing as much as they can you know they want to like get big boobs as fast as possible they want to get their periods as fast as possible they want to kiss boys as fast as possible big boobs a uh, big boobs uh, child. Child. anyway so oh I, I, i'm so sorry for that yeah which is so sad because like i i think once you develop you're like why did i want this so bad like i mean like yeah so but they are trying to like rush it and their, their group kind of comes together over that particular thing, which I'm not saying a friend group can't come come together over anything, um, but they're kind of like their whole point of their friendship group together is just like, oh, let's see how many things we can, how many like quote unquote big girl things we can do. And I feel like they focus more on that than just having actual genuine friendships with each other. But I actually, I completely agree. Yeah, I think that it, the initial togetherness of it was formed by wanting to develop. And I think along the line, along, as the story goes on, they do start having a little bit more, like, personal, like, connections. But the main thing 
between all of the girls is that they want to develop. And honestly, but some of them, it feels like some of them only want that because Nancy wants them to want that. I think the, they're stressed. The group that in Nancy's entirety feel they kind of yes, they are worried that Nancy's gonna like be the first one to get her period and be the first one to kiss a boy that they're gonna they're gonna feel left behind which doesn't end up being the case for many of those things <laughs> Nancy, a little Nancy bit. actually ends up getting outbeat by a lot of but she group. does she fakes it she tells people that she did yeah so she Nancy later on actually starts lying about things because I think she kind of realizes that like oh her her maybe plan to feel superior isn't necessarily working and so she's 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 got to catch up um yeah, so basically, uh, the next thing that happens is Nancy goes, or not Nancy, Margaret goes bra shopping with her mom, she gets new bras, and she feels very awkward about it. Then, uh, there's a little bit about how the class, like, tortures, not tortures, that's an extreme word, they kind of mess with the teacher, like, they make sounds during class, and they don't write their names on their papers. But, that um, was really cool, because they didn't write their names, but when they got their test but back, the, teacher the names were there. So, yeah, the teacher, it's his first year, but he's not messing around. He knows what he's doing. And so, the teacher assigns them a project for an each individual year-long project about anything they want. Um, and Margaret struggles, obviously, with a... She's thinking about what she wants to do for her project and decides that maybe this is her opportunity to start investigating religion like she's wanted to do so she could do a year-long project on religion um, which as a sixth grader coming up with that is like that's a very good idea <laughs> it's a very it's a very good idea but also very intense it's, it's intense as very like int- i won't i couldn't even do a project about that on that now i'm going into my junior year like that's like there's a lot to go with religion is such a big thing and it is a scary topic to Mm -hmm. you know talk about especially sometimes so margaret she starts uh meeting up with her grandmother who still lives in new york and they start meeting up to go to concerts once a month and she asks her grandmother if she can go to temple with her um and her grandma's really excited because she's like oh does this mean you're wanting to become jewish and she's like no it just means i'm interested so she goes to temple and she's kind of expecting that she's going to walk in and start listening to the service and there's just going to be some like magical transformation and she's going to like hear God's voice and it doesn't necessarily happen she no. kind of finds herself bored in the service which as a sixth grader it can be which makes perfect sense she's 11 years old going to like church for the first time pretty much it's gonna be boring and Sunday um, school is where the fun happens, but she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. Which I think is also something that happens to us. I think in some certain situations, especially within religious circumstances, I think a lot of the time we go into something like expecting to really feel some kind of like spirit or presence and we don't necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then I think we tend to kind of feel bad for not feeling it because we feel like it's our fault. Um, but I think the book does a really good job of showing how, like, that ha- that happens to a lot of people. Like, like, going into church and sitting and listening, like, you don't have to feel God every single time. You don't have to be, like, brought to tears every single time. You don't need to feel, like, the warm fuzzy that they say <laughs> every single... That's what my church when we were little, they call once. it the warm fuzzies. Oh, I've definitely fallen asleep I fell in asleep and I felt times. awful about it. I... F- I I, I, it's, you feel like you have to be 
paying attention. You have to be understanding. But I'm going to be honest, as a kid, sometimes I would go and I had no idea what they were talking about. I would do that, like, nod and smile thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's great. I use it for school, too. But I also used it for church. Just the nod and smile, pretending you know what you're talking about. But I would feel so guilty that I didn't. I would be like, I would feel either like I was dumb or maybe like I wasn't like, I wasn't doing enough. Like I didn't deserve God, almost. Like I, mm-hmm. like I wasn't, you know, I, no, I, I think know it's exactly a common feeling. Or yeah. it could just be me. We'll see. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's something a lot of people deal with. It's something especially... I've dealt with, like, especially as someone who's grown up in a church, and then I, I, th- I think sometimes I, I hesitate to call it placebo effect, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes when we're in an environment where we're always told, like, oh, do you feel that you're feeling that you're, there's, like, there's something, like, church is something special, and you're going to feel something special when you come here, and I think when we expect to feel that, maybe we do. But then as we get older and actually can start thinking about it, it's not that, like, same childlike revelry. Does that make sense? Like, when you're Rivalry? Kid, revelry. It's like... What's revelry? Like, I don't even know. I, I say words I, and I don't even know what they mean. I don't know what words mean um, either. She's older, so, so it's okay. <laughs> and, um, I mean, like... You know, when you're a kid and you walk into church and they're like, oh, you know, we're so happy you're here and you feel, you feel Jesus here, don't you? And you're like, oh yeah, I do. I do feel Jesus. Um, cause this is church and church is where we feel Jesus. But then once you're old enough to actually start thinking about things and wondering, well, like, well, do I actually believe in this? Do I actually believe in God? Do I actually feel this? It's harder to feel it out of nowhere. Um, so, I'm not sure where I was going with that. I'm not sure but either. But, anyway. I liked it. Okay. okay, back to the thing. We can move on. So, um... Oh, she so she goes to church with Janie. Uh, like, a Christian church. It doesn't say... I think it says she's Methodist, actually. Um, Queen! And... Ew, why do I say those things? <laughs> sorry! <laughs> sorry! Um, so, yeah, she goes to church with Janie, and it's kind of the same thing. She doesn't really feel much, but she she's interested in looking at people there but she's not she doesn't actually really feel any kind of spirit or anything then um the girls get together and Gretchen sneaks a copy of her father's medical book because he's a doctor so that the girls can look at like the male the male body as young girls do and disgusting gross Margaret reveals that her father has copies of playboy (laughs) and they ask her to sneak some which I mean we have never had a Playboy magazine in my household. I don't know how common it is for other people's fathers to be receiving I, the Playboy magazine. I mean, I would hope that if fathers were having... I mean, I don't think you get it sent to your house, do you? I think you could, like, go pick it up. But Wherever they get it I from. I wouldn't think that the chill, you would tell your child just hit it about again. it. Oh, my gosh. I really hope... Okay, I don't think you would tell... See, what I want to know is why does Margaret know that her father has Yeah, I... Like, unless she saw it, because she did say, like, sometimes she goes into her parents' room and, like, looks around for... That's probably Like, paper clips or candy or whatever, and she sees their stuff. Nosy little girl. But I don't know. I feel like... I mean, not to judge anybody, but I personally feel like if my own father was getting copies of Playboy, I would personally feel a bit uncomfortable. I mean... I mean... I he he can he can do him and I'm not gonna judge, but I would be slightly I don't know. It's like finding out your parents have sex. Am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah. 
Okay. It's okay. It's like, it's like, you don't really, like, you know other people do it, and you know people, like, read Playboys and stuff, but, like, when you find out your, like, dad has a Playboy, it's like, ugh, like, you know, I like guess really, him. your parents doing just anything in general. Disgusting. Like, it's Even, gross. like, non-sexual things. Like, literally, I just mean, like, anything in general. Literally, the parents kissing adults, ugh. I guess, I guess it, it's just weird to think about. So maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe it is really normal. Um, so she sneaks to If Playboy. it's normal, I don't want to know. They look at the naked girls and talk about how their bodies, they want to, they want to look like them. Which um, is something, I mean, it's just, they're so young. I, I don't know, but maybe in sixth grade I was starting to get self-conscious. But I feel like in sixth grade I was still protected by that, like, childhood, like, I wasn't see, yet comparing myself to other girls, but I mean, I could be wrong. I don't really remember I would, me in sixth grade. I would say I was pretty, I, I don't want to say sheltered, because that seems a bit extreme. I wouldn't say I was sheltered. I mean, I was sheltered. That. You were probably sheltered. I, would, I mean, but I would say, I would, I guess I, I wasn't really exposed to, like, talk of, um, you know, girls' bodies and periods and things like that. Like, I, I knew, like, oh, when I'm 11 or 12, I'm going to get a period, and I knew what a period was. I knew what boobs were, obviously. But um, I, I never thought about it. Like, it was never something I stressed out about. Um, and it wasn't really something me and my friends talked about. Like, we'd be like, oh, um, you know, when one of us would get our period, we'd be like, oh, that's exciting. I wonder who will be next. But it was never something we stressed out where we were like, oh, we're 12 and don't have our periods yet. Something must be wrong with us. we got to figure this out. Like, it was never, that was never something I well, ever struggled with. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I mean, more about, so for me personally, I don't think I was comparing my body to other girls' bodies yet at sixth grade. But I remember that we had to watch a video about, getting your period and like the development of girls and that type of stuff and I was so scared someone told me once they're like you better hope you don't sneeze when you're on your period and I'm like I'm supposed to go a whole week on my period that's without sneezing I actually got really lucky because I don't get cramps but I was so scared I was gonna get that cramps. must be really nice it is so nice <laughs> and I remember when my friends got it I was later to the group to get it. I was probably the last one out of my friend group to get it. But I felt so lucky that I didn't have it because everyone was complaining about it. And I was like, ha-ha, losers. Yeah. So then, uh, I keep forgetting your name, Margaret gets <laughs> invited to a party at a boy's house. And this is my <laughs> personally favorite part of the book, favorite chapter. I'm not sure if it's one chapter or two chapters. But I think this chapter is just full of Probably don't turn it fun and fun and whimsy. So she gets invited to a party at Norman Fishbein house, and they they describe the girls in the group describe Norman Fishbein as being a drip, which I personally don't know what that means. I love it. I'm gonna and start calling people that. I have not bothered to look it up. I'm gonna Google it. How do they use it in context? I would do like drip, maybe like Urban Dictionary, to see like. What it means. Okay, we're Googling. As you're looking it up, I'll keep telling what happens. So, he invited the entire class to a birthday party, which I would never in a million years invite my entire well, class. in elementary school, I, you didn't go to a public elementary school. I did. did you? You did I went to public elementary school. It was just middle school that so I didn't go to. So, you didn't have... You didn't invite the entire class to a party? No. And I only ever did I things to... with, like, the close friends. Okay, so that's weird. 
I think actually, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> most people, at least where I went to school and people I know, when you were younger and you had a party, you would invite like all the girls from the, in the sixth grade or all the girls in your specific class. For me, usually it was all the girls in, in the elementary school class, like, or not just the class, the whole grade, all the girls. We didn't really do a lot of boy-girl things, but, I mean, I don't know. That's just the experience I have. So, like, it wasn't the entire, it would, all the sixth grade girls would go over for a birthday party. I think by sixth grade it probably split up, but, like, kindergarten through fifth grade, Sixth grade was still in elementary school for me, so maybe it was sixth grade. I'm repeating myself, but in elementary school, the parties, when you had a birthday party, you had to invite everybody because it was, like, unfair. But once we went to middle school, it was more, like, invite who you See, want. when I was in elementary school, we did have the thing, like, oh, if you're going to invite, if you're going to pass out invitations, you have to invite everybody because that's not fair. But I did not want to invite everyone, so I was the girl who brought the invitations and, like, secretly gave them to my friends. And like, so you so invited good. people yourself. Well, okay, when I was a kid, it was like parents. They would email your parents. Like, I didn't know I was going to a birthday party until my mom said something. See, my mom, we'd do like the handwritten invitations and I'd give them to people. I have but no like, idea what a drip means. In secret. I'm That's so, so weird. It must just be like, maybe it's like kind of another word for like maybe like sleaze? Is that how they use it? What context? I don't know. They just say, she's like, when she finds out the invitations from Norman Fishbein, she says, Norman Fishbein, I yelled, that drip. I never even talked to him. Or maybe a drip is just like. Oh, a dull or stupid person. Oh, okay. Rude. That would make make sense. He invited you to his birthday party. Be polite. I personally think Norman Fishbein in this book is pretty nice. He doesn't do anything to make me not like him. He's probably just so. not smart, but neither am I. So I'm kind of offended by it. Yeah. I'm upset. So but it, oh, so we've realized this book was written in the seventies, which I thought you told me that it wasn't written in the seventies. Oh no, no I thought, thought it was written, written in the fifties, which is insane. Okay, well, okay. So this this copy of the book I have, I got it from my grandma, and it's like definitely a stolen library book. Um, but it says printed in the USA 1952 at the very back. So I thought that the book was written in 1952. I don't know but what that then, means, but we found if out if you go it was to written. the copyright, it, it like the first few pages, it's copyright 1970, which does make more sense. So I don't know what what did that have to do with anything? Oh, but the the term drip was used in the 1930s, and so a lot of things in the book are a little bit outdated from now. They actually did rewrite the well, book also, and smooth Judy everything Bloom else. Well, also, Judy Bloom was an older adult when she wrote it, so mm-hmm. she could so be thinking she, about her childhood. Yeah, I really do think that most of her books, aren't they, like, kind of... Wasn't there something about it being about, like, her experiences as a child? Right, exactly. Which is authors write from experience a lot of the times. So. Yeah. So, uh, Margaret's getting ready for the party, and she's looking at herself in the mirror, and she's thinking about how small she looks, and she's thinking about the other girls who are going to be at the party who might look, you know, more, more older than her, and she wants to match, so she takes some cotton balls and stuffs her (laughs) bra. I don't think I've ever stuffed my bra to go somewhere that I can think of. 
have you ever stuffed your bra? I think I did once just to like kind of see how it would look because I saw it on oh, TV. Oh, I definitely did it like in my room, but I'm saying I never like went out. Well, it like never that. looked believable, so like I couldn't even if I wanted to. But there were definitely some times when I'd be in dance and like my leotard would just be completely flat down and all the girls in my thing, they would, in <laughs> my thing, in my class, in they had like some, you know, stuff there. I didn't. I was yeah. upset about it. Like. Not actually. I I don't know if I was really that self... I, I'm contradicting myself. I'm just... Let's just keep going with the book. So she goes to the party, and the party's in the basement. Her whole class is there, boys and girls. Um, and they're, the boys are, like, throwing mustard on the ceiling, and the mom gets mad at them, and then some kid gets in a fight with Nancy and, like, rips off her her dress pocket so Nancy kind of has a fit about it and the mom is like getting really really mad so the mom tells them like y'all gotta be like quiet now or not quiet but y'all gotta like keep it down the mom was not really good at controlling the chaos and you think she would she's planning to have this whole great she's the one who agreed to let him have his whole class over and then she just kind of put them in the basement and was like well you're kind of being annoying this yeah. entire sixth grade class in my basement is kind of bothering me. I mean, I'm as gonna it tell should, them to it's shut up. Sixth grade, like you're. I don't what know. was she expecting? I don't. I don't know what her plan was. And it's boys and girls, like boys and girls, like especially at the age they mess with each other. It's like a, you know. So basically, they start talking about what games they should play, and, and they suggest games that would be like touching each other, like above the neck, to like see who's who. And Margaret feels uncomfortable with that. Then they're like, "Oh, let's play spin the bottle," but they only do like cheek kisses, so it's like okay. And then um, I think Norman, no Jay, Jay suggests let's play two minutes in the closet, and two minutes in the closet is basically um, like two randomly selected kids have to go in a closet and they have two minutes to do whatever they want in the closet and have you ever played that game i have never played that game (gasps) really well well wait Mm. what's the game we played seven minutes in heaven seven minutes okay i've not seven minutes i've never i've never played that game specifically but i've i guess you could say done things similar like, what did you used to play? I mean, we do things where it's like, oh, if this happens, you guys have to hold hands for a while. Or, like... That is you, completely different. No, you gotta give her a kiss on the cheek. Or you gotta, like... Okay, so it's different. I, I don't Like, know. truth or dare? <laughs> like, I, yeah, basically kind of like truth or dare. I was literally homeschooled, I'm judging your, your, your homeschool life so hard. I'm sorry. No, but we played... So they did. They played two minutes in the closet. We played seven minutes in heaven, and that was an experience. We used to play it all the time. Were you ever in the oh, of seven minutes with boys? What happened? My first boyfriend and I were got put in there, and he tickled me, and I hated it. Like he just like <laughs> he, he started you? poking my side. You know how like when you like tase someone by like like putting your fingers on their side and like pushing in. He just like started poking it, and I was like, literally stop. <laughs> But I I'd also been in it with like other guys like before like like parties like that and it was more just like an awkward like conversation like they kissed in there yeah so she ends up we getting, never did that she ends up getting to go in with Philip who's the the boy that everyone's obsessed with and he kisses her she says five times on the lips um. Well, I mean, good for good for them, actually. I don't know Honestly, what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely not kissing boys five times in a dark... I, they didn't go in a closet. They went in a bathroom, but in a dark bathroom when I was 11 years old. Um, 
I did not get my first kiss till I was 15. So. Loser. When did you get your first kiss? Technically, it was in kindergarten. Shout We're out not, Okay, to, kindergarten does not count. But I was 15 or, when I had my first kiss. Your like, first, like, real kiss. Real ones. Yeah. I could have had it when I was 13, but I wimped out. I think 15's a good age. Well, okay, t- well, okay, I was, okay, so my first, well, okay, my first kiss was, I was in a show, and I had to, like, kiss my love interest, oh, and sorry. so that was technically my first kiss, and I was 15, but then my first, like, kiss, like, in an actual, like, real-life setting, like, it was really happening, it wasn't, like, for a show, like, it was, like, with a real person, well, okay, not that the other actor wasn't a real person, but I mean, like, you know what I mean, and, um, it was two days before my 16th birthday. So I was, it was, I, I had a 16th birthday party two days before my actual birthday. Um, cause the day just worked better. And I got my first, like, I guess first real, real kiss on that night. So I was 15, but it was like my 16th birthday party, if that makes sense. But I was still 15. Cause I, I count the, the musical one as like, my first kiss, because it was a first kiss. Anyway, I thought, wait, so did you count it or do you not? Because I thought you weren't supposed to count that. Okay, I mean, well, when people ask. He was hot, so yeah, I would count it. When people. If he listens to this, he's going to know exactly who he is. (laughs) I mean, when people ask me, like, what was your first kiss, I'm like, well, technically my first kiss was in, um, I'll just, lame is, I'll say my first kiss. Oh no, he's gonna listen to this, he's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna find it. I literally, I kind of don't care, it's okay. (laughs) I, my first kiss, um, well he knows that he was my first kiss, because I told him. Yeah, but does he know you think he's hot? (laughs) Because we talked about that. (laughs) I don't even care. Um, I say, well my first kiss was technically in lame is when I was 15, but my real first kiss was at my 16th birthday party. So, I kind of say both. Um. Yeah. Anyway, don't know where I was going with that. Um, she goes to church with Nancy. Again, doesn't really feel anything. Then they get the fun, uh, the health, the health movie for the sixth hate, grade class. Hate it. So uncomfortable. In reading this chapter, I discovered that I have, in fact, been pronouncing menstruation wrong my entire life. It's so funny. Wait, how are you saying it? I was pronouncing it menstruation menstruation okay i had heard people say menstruation she was homeschooled <laughs> yeah, she I, was homeschooled i i'd heard people say menstruation but i thought they were pronouncing it wrong she thought that everyone else in the world who's pronouncing it okay. correctly her god complex is real okay <laughs> but it's but it's literally spelled m-e-n-s-t-r-u-a-t-i-o-n she also doesn't get sarcasm she just takes everything literally except in spelling but, and everything but uh, that's not sarcasm that's just spelling it's no like, i know but i'm just saying it's a trait she takes things literally but it's like wednesday it's like technically it should be wednesday but yeah, we say but wednesday the way it works it's not it's just not pronounced that way like the way like the letters the so order why is it they're spelled in. like that it's, or it's the like, order it's pronounced differently or it's like colonel is spelled c-o-l-o-n-e-l Okay, listen, what she, she's 17 years old. I think that that is really important to know that she has been saying it wrong for like 17, I mean, she probably didn't say it when she was a baby, but 17 <laughs> years of her life My first just word went around thinking everybody else was wrong because she could not admit that she was wrong. Anyway, they watch, they watch the video and I mean, nothing much happens from it. They just they watch the video and they're, they think. They comment on, like, how it's all, like, outdated and stuff. I, again, like I said, I was homeschooled in middle school. I never watched the the video. 
so but. lucky. We had to, like, bring home waivers to sign. It was bad. Well, my little... My little sister, she's she's going into eighth grade, and she, this past year, like, brought home the waiver and stuff, and had my mom sign it and watch the video and told me yep. about it. So I kind of I kind of lived that experience you through can, her. The Just Around the Corner, say. this one is like, Just Around the Corner. I don't know, but you should Google them. I feel like just you, watch them for fun. Maybe I will. For you some. <laughs> it was so, a joke, but then you said it like, yeah, just watch it for fun. Maybe I'm I will, and I'm like, too. Ew. I know, but like the joke got too gross for me. I just <laughs> um, it had to be serious. Or it's like um, you know the or you haven't seen it yet, but the Impact Texas Teens driving. It made me think of that because it's like extremely or not extremely outdated, but it's like very outdated, like very awkward editing and like acting and stuff. She hasn't um, seen it, so she doesn't actually get to compare it to that. Yet. I have not seen the puberty video, but I have seen Impact Texas Teen Driving, which they're not the same thing, but it, they just make me think of each other. Um, <laughs> they make you think you haven't even seen one. But <laughs> they are connected. They just have the same energy. Same producer. Same energy. Um, so then Gretchen gets her period, and Nancy is very jealous and she says right away that she was she thought she would be first but of course she's she not um Gretchen explains how she got her period uh she says I mean okay maybe we don't need to get into like details no but <laughs> basically she describes getting her period and I d- did not relate to anything that she said personally from my own experience but, but basically she was saying it wasn't that big of a deal right she was just like it, it's I don't fine know. it's fine and then uh, Margaret's concerned that she hasn't gotten hers yet. She talks to her mom, and she's like, Mom, when did you get? And her mom's like, oh, I was 14. Um, and she's like, that's way too old. I'm not waiting till I was 14. Um, which I think if you have the blessing to not get it till you're 14, I think you should take advantage of that. Just my personal opinion. Nancy goes out of town, and she sends her a postcard with just that just says, I got it on it. And Margaret doesn't even take a minute to be happy for her. No, she's Margaret's jealous. Just she rips up the paper. She rips it up and, like, runs into her room and cries over it. Because um, I guess, because she's worried that, like, she's not, I, her big concern throughout the book is that she's not normal. She thinks she's not normal because she, like, hasn't gotten her period yet. And she thinks she's not normal because she's not part of a religion. And she can't, like, relate to the kids who are talking about how annoying it is to have to go to Sunday school every week. Or how, like, um, there's a thing about whether she should go to the YMCA or the Jewish Community Center. And she's like, oh, well, I won't go to either because I'm no religion. And everyone's like, well, you have to go to one of them at some point. And it's, like, so she she worries about that. So she's worried that she's not normal. So she cries because two of her friends have their periods and she's upset about it because she doesn't. Um, Then she goes out of town with Nancy. They go to New York. And Nancy has to go to the bathroom and Margaret goes with her. And Nancy starts freaking out because something's happened. And um, Margaret goes to get her mom and her mom's like, oh, she got her period. And Margaret's like, does she always act like this? And her mom's like, oh, no, it's her first time. She's scared. So we found out, we touched on this earlier, but we found out that so, Nancy is a liar. So oh. Nancy lied about getting her period because she was, wor- I guess she was worried that other people were going to. 
I want to know what her plan was, though. Because well, she just thought that she would start. Like, what do you mean most? Like, like her mean? plan with, li- like, what if she didn't end up getting her period for, like, two more years? Because it's true. She's 11. She could very well have two to three more years before she actually she gets it. She would just keep going. She was just going to fake it. Yeah, of course. And, like, make up talk about well, her Well, I think she probably knew that she would get it soon. Like, her, she guessed. She assumed her mom probably got it soon. And she was like, well... I just want to make sure, and she doesn't want to be the last one, because, like, if she got it two years later and everyone else had theirs, she would feel, she would be upset about that, so her lying about it was just easier for her than, yeah, because it showed that she wasn't, I think if she thought that she would be the lamest or the weird one if she didn't get it, so she made sure that she wasn't the last one. Exactly. By lying. Which is never a good thing. People will always find out. And Margaret found out. (laughs) So then Margaret turns 12. Woo, happy 12. And I forgot to mention, in the beginning of the book, her mom had said something about how she doesn't need deodorant until she's 12 because you don't really start to smell bad until you're 12. Um, So Hmm. on Margaret's 12th birthday, she wakes up and the very first thing she does is smell under her arms, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and she's she's confused that she doesn't smell bad, even though she's 12 now. She thought as soon as she turned 12, she would start stinking up. But she still put deodorant on. Of just, course. Just because, because she's 12 now. She's clean. Um, so then, she gets partnered up with Laura in a project, and she's not happy about it. And Philip, she's kind of discovering, he's in her group too, she's kind of discovering Philip is not all that people think he is he's kind of he doesn't really care about his work and he's kind of rude to her and to everyone else and he pulls pranks like mean pranks on other people so she's kind of starting to think like oh you know maybe maybe philip just because all the other girls like him and just because he's cute doesn't necessarily mean that he's actually a desirable he was cute on the outside but not on the inside and that seems to be a problem with most boys i think or i think we both can experience from that yes cute on the outside not on the inside or just like not cute on that side but if you're cute on the inside that's all that matters so margaret's studying with laura and laura starts criticizing the way she's taking notes she's like you're copying it word for word and you need to be writing what your own thoughts on it are because they're doing a project on like belgium and margaret, margaret snaps slips out that out of really, nowhere that really she switches up her. so fast and margaret throughout the book she's kind of been shown to be kind of like a mellow person she besides, doesn't talk a lot she besides thinks. ripping up nancy's postcard um, in the comfort like, of her own home though she doesn't talk a lot to like but they're in the full-on public library and Margaret just lets into her and she's like oh you think you're so great because you're so smart and you're so big and you do things with boys and you think that everyone is just bowing at your feet and you think that you're so great and you can tell everyone to do what you do well I'm not going to listen to you because Mm -hmm. I know that you're not better than me and Laura's just kind of well no she also calls her like a slut she's like she doesn't call her a slut she says she's like I know what you've she goes well also she heard rumors about Laura and Moose Freed. We Freed, talked about that, about going under the... But with, like, Moose in particular, Bleach, who yeah. we know that Margaret kind of um, ha- kind of has a thing for, and I'm sure there was kind of jealousy with that, too, that played into her kind of snapping at her. But she says, I heard all about you and Moose Freed. Laura put down her pencil and looked at me. You heard what about me and Moose Freed? Oh, about how you and Evan and Moose go behind the A&P, I said. It was what Margaret did when she snapped. She was nasty. She wasn't she's even just absolutely like... absolutely She was just like, I know. She's like, I know what you did. Like, she's like slut-shaming her. She's like, I know what you did. Like, 
Yeah, like, people know. Like, just being rude to her about it. So Laura starts crying and runs out of the library. As one should. She's in sixth grade and she's accused of going under the bleachers with, like, a high schooler. Bruh, I would have... Like, ew. That would have literally destroyed me. For real. And so she kind of... Laura kind of reveals how she feels. She's like, I know what your friends say about me. I know how you talk about me. Do you think it was fun being the girl who had to start wearing a bra in fourth grade? Do you think it was fun to be the girl that everyone accuses the teacher of, like, having a crush on? She's like, you don't know anything about me. And then Margaret feels bad, and she's like, I'm sorry. And Laura doesn't really accept her apology, which is fine. She doesn't need to. And Laura goes into, Laura's Catholic, and she's like, I'm late for confessional. And so Margaret, she still feels kind of bad, but she's also kind of interested. She's like, oh, you know, maybe I should check out confessional because I definitely have a lot of things to confess. I cannot talk. <laughs> she has things to confess. <laughs> she has things. Um, she's got lots of things to confess um, and repent for. So she goes into the confessional but kind of gets freaked out by, like, the voice of the priest and not knowing what to say and runs and out. And she just, because she, she doesn't know how to do it. Like, there are things you need to know about confession. She just kind of walks in and is like, hey. So she supposed... How did they get places? That's what I want to know. Is the confession attached to the school? Like, did her mom drive No, they, her? like, walked down the street to the church. That's what Without happened. telling their mom? These are sixth grade... Well, people. Laura's mom probably knew she was going, but Margaret did not tell her mom. But she didn't... She probably didn't have a way of telling her mom. But she didn't have, like, a phone. She couldn't just text her. But I think her plan was to just go there real fast and be back in time. Because they were supposed to have their study... Her, their study session for the next like 30 minutes but then laura got up and left early because mm-hmm. margaret insulted her so she still had like 15 minutes till her mom was supposed to pick her up which was enough yeah. time to like go and come back so i think that was her plan so Mickey. she was supposed to go to florida with her grandma but um they get a the parents get a letter she's very from, excited i think it's important her grandma was gonna take her to florida she's, she's very excited very very excited but her her mom gets a letter from her mother's parents who have disowned her for the past, like, 15 years. She hasn't spoken to them. She hasn't seen them because she married a Jewish man. And this is kind of, this chapter is kind of, like, the first real time we, like, like, her parents kind of do anything. Like, okay, let's well, talk. no, no, thanks. Okay, well, Herb, let's talk about Let's talk about Margaret's parents for a minute. They, okay. Actually, I don't really know what I want to say. There's not much to say about them, except well, for in this chapter. But, well, I think her parents are good parents. I like them. I They do do things. like they're... Okay, no, they do do things. Like, they're relevant to the story, but there's nothing, like... I guess I could say there's nothing exciting about them well, besides... Because, to Mar- because you have to remember, this is from Margaret's point of view. Her parents aren't exciting. They're her parents. Okay, that, okay think... that's true. I didn't think about that. So yeah, maybe you should have. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm kidding. So, but this is the first time we kind of really see a lot of interaction with Margaret's parents with each other, with talking about something outside of their own family. With um, well, it is in their family. family. Well, but outside of their like, like well, we find mom, out dad, that there's daughter. something going on between the parents and whose parents are they? So the, it's moms. the moms, the moms, the moms' parents who disowned her for marrying a Jewish man. They got her their new address because the mom, Barbara is her name, sent them a Christmas card, which she has never done before. And Herb, Herb, Herb. we don't know how to say his name. His name is Herb, but I like calling him <laughs> I'm Herb. Pretty sure it's it's Herb. I'm pretty sure it's Herb, but we've been calling him Herb. Add some just herbs for, to the, instead of just, spice. Just, just for fun. I hope someone got that joke. So Herb is very mad that, um, they, that she sent them a Christmas card because now they know her address and they want to come visit. And they want to come visit at the same time that Margaret's supposed to be in Florida. And I think this is 
I don't know why Barbara couldn't have told her parents to just come a different weekend. I don't think that they were going to listen because they, I think they were going to come no matter Because it's true in their them. letter they were like, "We are sorry for disowning you. Um we want to meet <laughs> sorry our Sorry about that. We want to meet our only granddaughter. We're coming on a- uh, April 4th." They didn't give her a choice. They didn't really Yeah, and so they make Margaret cancel her trip to Florida with her favorite grandmother. And they make her like call the grandmother and explain like why she can't no, go. No, she tells her she's like, though, "No, I'm not." Like doesn't she say, like, you do it? Yeah, she says, you can tell her. But then she does end up ultimately getting on the phone with the grandma and explaining the situation. Um, so, Herb, Herb is very upset. And the grandparents come. And at first, uh, Margaret feels uncomfortable around them because, like, one, she's never met them before. She's never seen them. And she knows about, like, what they did to her mother and how they hate her father. So, of course, she's going to be, like, awkward around them. But ultimately, like, or in the moment, like, everything seems chill. Like, they have dinner, they talk, but then they're they're having an after-dinner conversation, and her, her grandmother brings up Sunday school, and she's like, how do you do in Sunday school? And Margaret's <laughs> like, oh, well, I don't go to Sunday school. And it seems very much like the grandmother asked that on purpose oh, no, to she pick wants, a fight. No, I don't think she was trying to pick a fight. I think that she asked the question because I think she was genuinely curious about what her... She, like, wanted to find out if she was going to Sunday school without being like, are you going to Sunday school? Is your mom taking you to Sunday school? I think she probably... Well, everyone in this book automatically assumes that she's already going to Sunday school because it's a normal thing. Right. So I think she's like, so, like, how are you liking Sunday school, like, as a conversation topic to include her in? But once she finds out that she doesn't go, I don't think it's necessarily to pick a fight, but to, like, persuade her to... Because I... I mean, maybe you believe differently, but I believe that... She doesn't want to pick a fight because she wants it to be, like, a happy family, but she wants it to be a happy family on her terms, meaning that Margaret is going to Sunday school, that she's going to church. So then the grandma and the grandpa are like, oh, she doesn't go to Sunday school? And then, Scandy. and then, uh, Barbara's like, well, you, you guys already know this, that we're letting her pick her religion, and Herb's like, yeah, we don't need to talk about this, but then... The grandparents are like, no, someone doesn't pick, <laughs> someone doesn't, someone doesn't pick their religion. They're born to it. They're born in a religion. It's something you have inside you. Um, and this starts a fine between Margaret's parents and the grandparents. And Margaret gets mad and basically yells at everybody saying that she doesn't need religion or God. And she's done with all of this and storms up to her room. Oh, we missed the part where she stopped, ta- thought she would stop talking to God. After oh, right, right, right. she went to, like, both, I think it was after she went to both the synagogue and the church. And she, the confessional and had the situation No, it was before Laura. confessional, I think. Oh, before that? She decided that she didn't want to talk to God. No, 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 she decides she wants to talk to God after this fight. I'm never going to talk to God she again. She says, I oh, it's after talk to God fight. again. What did he want from me anyway? Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, ignore that. I'm dumb. But, yeah. So then, her and Janie go to the store and buy, decide to buy pads, even though they don't need them, but just for fun. Um, oh, and this was interesting, because we didn't know that back in the time of the 70s, you didn't just, like, stick the pads to your underwear. It was, like, there was, like, a whole belt system that went along with it, because they're, like, shopping for pads, and they're like, oh, we need to get a belt to match. And we were like, what is that? Um, so I looked it up, and there was, like, a belt that they had to put the pad on, and then where the belt 
around their waist, which just sounds terribly uncomfortable. I, maybe it wasn't. I wouldn't know. Um, and, like, I'm, I'm just, like, thinking about, like, sleeping with that and everything. Like, how in it the world did that... It has to be that, so uncomfortable. How in the world did that work out? Um... I would just wear, like, diapers, because baby diapers were invented. Just, like, that seems so much more comfortable. So they buy they buy the pads, and they take them home, and Margaret hides them, because she wants to, like, I guess try them on, but she doesn't want her mom to know that she's trying them on when she doesn't need them. And then the grandparents decide to leave early, because it's, like, awkward now that they're there. And so Margaret's upset, because now her trip to Florida was ruined, because she really could have gone... Um, then her grandma just ends up showing up at her house and is like, which happens, has happened before for Thanksgiving, her grandma, multiple times her grandma has just showed up at her house and well, cause the grandma had never ridden the train. She had never left, but when they moved, they moved because they thought the grandma, her, her grandma, her grandma cares about, it's funny the way her grandma interacts with her family because every time she shows up she makes it very clear that she's only there to see margaret like not even her own son like (laughs) she she, loved margaret and her grandma's relationship is adorable i really i really like it um i think it's really cute i do feel like the uh sylvia the grandma can be a bit forceful sometimes of like certain things and like in this situation she tells margaret tells her all about like how they were like forcing like pushing the Christianity talk, and she just wasn't here for it, and then, um, the grandma kind of says something, she's like, well, just so you know, you're a Jewish girl at heart, and so then Margaret's kind of like, not you too, like, I thought you were gonna be my safe place from this talk. Like, I thought you were different. Like, I thought you were different, um, so she's a little upset at her grandma, and she turns in her project, which is just a letter talking about how she didn't really connect with any religion, and she hasn't found it, and she says that when she's younger, or when she's older, when she's older, she wants to raise her kids in a religion that they can know because she doesn't want her kids to struggle with not having a religion. But then it makes me wonder, she's going to have to decide which religion to raise them in. Maybe, like, whatever so, her husband. Probably, I guess that's what her plan is. Um, then basically, she, it kind of just ends like kind of awkwardly yeah it is a really awkward it cuts off really fast because then suddenly we're in the last chapter and she's like it's the end of the school and they have a a goodbye party and all the girls are like going out of town for the summer and they're worried that they're not going to be in the same classes next year and moose is cutting margaret's lawn and she goes downstairs or downstairs yeah downstairs and outside and she confronts him about the amp thing too like, you'd think she would have learned her lesson from what happened with Laura, but she goes down, or she, she, no, she accuses him of being, of lying about the A&P thing. Um, the, the, going under the bleachers and. Right. Just in case so, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. So she goes to, she goes to him and he, she's like, you're a liar. I don't believe you ever did stuff with Laura Danker. And he's like, who said I did? Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean who said it? And she's like, well, Nancy you told, she Nancy told she me said. that Evan said this, that you said this. And he's like do you believe everything, do you believe everything you hear about other people? She's like, and then yeah, she's of course like, I do. Well, you got me there. <laughs> so then she apologizes, um, for thinking he was a liar, and he kind of doesn't really care. 
He's just no, kind of he's like, like this is sick. This is he's a literally grade just girl. like go care. away. Like he does not care what she has to say. He has some playboys. He has some naked girls and dirty books to look at. He's yep, fourteen. Exactly. Basically, she goes in the bathroom, realizes she started her period, and she decides that she wants to start praying to God again because mm-hmm. she is menstruating yes. and that is and her, that is that is her confirmation that god is real is and, that she got her period yeah because one of the things she said to god i think was asking for that so she's like ah oh, god I, yeah granted i guess it's, me. i guess that is a sign it could be a sign to her to her um, it was her little sixth grade brain yeah so anyway that is that is the book and it's yeah entirety. basically we really talked like I think over talked about it. I think we did talk about some small details that probably But we're just we're just And discussing. we did miss we missed some things I think. Like that, what? Like just like a lot of stuff. That was well just I, we're not gonna not gonna like every No 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 detail. I know but we didn't give away the entire book is what I'm saying. There's still a lot more it's a cute little book. If you're It's a very cute book. If, I would recommend it to Honestly any age because it gives you a sort of nostalgic feeling like as you're older even if you haven't read it before I think you would still get the nostalgic feeling because she's well, yeah. talking about a lot of things that like we've all been through and it kind of we were takes you back about to that time when we were 11, 12. Um babies. Yeah, any any final thoughts? No, I'd said my fi- I don't know. My final <laughs> thoughts is that it's a cute book and I I like it. I recommend it. I mean, I'll probably, I will have my children probably read the updated version because. Oh, right, right, right. So this is the, the version we read was the older. We touched on this, didn't we? No, we didn't. Oh, I think I said something. It's (laughs) the, it's the older version of the book. So the book was updated to be more relevant to current things. Like I read the new version of the book before I read this one. Mm -hmm. And in the new version, they cut out, like, the talk about, like, the belts and stuff because that's not relevant anymore. We don't use belts. And in, like, when, in in the end, when Margaret's mother is teaching her how to put the pad on, like, that description is different because it was different then than it is now. So it's to be, like, more relevant and informant to girls reading it now. Yes. Um... But also, hopefully, you're not learning about how to put a pad on from a Judy Bloom novel. I mean, if you're a kid and you haven't started yet, like, you're not learning how to put it on, but it's, like, your first little run-in yeah. with it. You know. Oh, would I say it's as good as I remember? Yes, I would. I enjoyed it. Well, I probably will read it again at some point. Really? Maybe multiple times. <laughs> I reread books. Okay, you know how we were talking about how some people rewatch. TV yes, shows. We were talking about this. Because like they rewatch the same TV shows because they know they're like comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm kind of that way with books. Like as of recently, like when I was younger, I always was just getting new books and new books and new books to read. But now that I'm older, I I I I find more enjoyment in going back and rereading books I've read before mm-hmm. than I do in reading because new it's books. Safe. It's a safe thing to do instead of because it's hard, well, it's hard to find a new book that you like, so you yeah. like to go back to the books well, that you've Well, and also, read. I think a book is such a time commitment, and it feels like reading a book that you've already read goes by faster than reading a book that you haven't read. I understand that. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't like, well, I mean, I do like to read, but also, I mean... I mean, not this, as much as you used not to. Not as much as I used to. But in this day and age, I think we can all agree that we don't have the attention spans that we did at 
You have to have a good book. Old. The books that are based I have on to TV have a shows are the best. And as of recently, I don't think I found one. What um, are you? Are you currently reading anything besides like? So what's what your was current I currently? Read? So my thing lately is I keep like getting books and then I start them and then I don't finish them. Well, what's the last one you started and haven't? Finished? I got this book on my Kindle because it was like advertising it to me and it looked kind of oh, interesting. Oh, the bad one. The bad one. You said. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I don't remember what it was called, but. I just, I, I wasn't into it, so I didn't finish it. Um, and then I was reading, like... Bug the, just, a bug like, just flew into my face. These you know bugs how... Bugs are crazy. There's so many bugs in here. It's really gross. The window is cracked, I think. Like, I, it's not fully closed. We'll look at it afterwards. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Um, what was I going to say? You're I, talking about book you're reading. Oh, so you know how there's, like, those novel adaptations of, like, Broadway musicals? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was reading the one for Dear Evan Hansen. Um, not this one. This, the one we're looking at, that's like the, the actual script of the show. Oh, that's so the much one, more fun. The one, or I moved it out of there. But um, there's like a novel version of it, and it's like from the POV of different characters. So like you have Evan Weird. and like Ghost Connor <laughs> and um, Jared and Zoe. Yeah, and I started reading it on a plane, and I read like half of it. And then when I got back from that trip, I just never picked it up again so I would call that your current read because but that was like a that was like last summer yeah but it's so you haven't like been like reading a book since then that you haven't already read oh well okay so this is why because me and my sister we've I'm a very very big Beverly Cleary fan and (laughs) y'all better y'all better hold on for my episodes about Beverly Cleary books because I am absolutely I absolutely adore 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 Beverly Cleary books and um so I've got a I've got a collection of all her books and me and my sister are currently reading together all the Beverly Cleary books in chronological order are you gonna do an episode with your sister probably that's so cute um in order of when they were published so I haven't really been reading a lot of books for myself because I've been doing that with well, those, her. But those are for yourself. You well, enjoy Well, okay, and a lot of them I, ha- I read for the first time in doing this. Like, all of, all of like, the Beverly Cleary, like, teenage novels. Like, 15, Luckiest Girl, which has become my new favorite book. And I cannot wait to talk about it. Because I am obsessed with The Luckiest Girl by Beverly Cleary. Y'all aren't even ready. Oh my gosh, it is my, it, well. Okay, anyway, anyway, she'll get into that when she I'll does it. I'll get into it. that in another episode. I'm just so excited. But I'm, like, waiting to do it because I... I want to, like, be excited for it. Um, so, yeah, basically... Don't wait too long, because that excitement will I know. burn out. I've been reading... So, I've been reading Beverly Cleary, basically. Okay, so that Again, is your current and read. So, that's my current read. My current read is that just every... That took all the effort to get out of you. Every single Beverly Cleary book is my current read, okay. basically. Um, so, anyway, I think that's about it. Aren't you going to ask me what my current read is? What's your current read, Olivia? You know how fast I can answer because I don't have to go on about oh, any different. God. I'm just messing with you. I am currently reading You by somebody. I don't Which know, I actually do want to read. It, based on the TV show, the Lifetime show. Well, that's the book came first. The, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the TV show well, is based the, on the book. it's republished. Like, it's a different cover. Like, that's what it's... Anyway, it's um about the... It's what the TV show is based off of, but the version of the book I have, I don't know if they've, they, I don't think they've changed it. They just changed the cover of it to make it look more like the TV show. 
and I'm also reading the Vampire Diaries books, which I'm making Ava read, and we will be doing a bonus episode on that. Yes. I'm saying it now, so now she can't get out of it, because it's in the <laughs> podcast. She has to do it. For all my Vampire Diaries lovers. Yeah. Yep. Well, right. I don't know if anyone stayed till the end of this. It's a pretty hefty podcast, but... It's if only an hour and 23 out, minutes, girl. Your last and one was 33 minutes. I know, but that's just because I was by myself. So the ones with true, guests true, true, are going to end up being longer because there's more to talk about. And it's yeah. more it's more fun to talk with a person than oh by myself. Oh my gosh, 100. <laughs> I talk to myself a lot, though, so maybe not. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please, what it, what is it called? I think it's called subscribing. Please, please subscribe. Please subscribe Leave to the Leave a five-star review. Leave a good review. Give us a little comment. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Yeah. Tell your dog. I don't know. Listen to it with your dog. If you're listening somewhere fun, tell us where oh, you're Oh, there's, there's an Instagram for... Oh, follow the Instagram. There's an Instagram. Follow, um, what is it even called? Oh, I think it's called Good at Reading Podcast. I don't even remember. I made it so long ago. Um, go follow at Good at Reading Podcast on Instagram. And I will see you in the next episode. I will not. So, I mean, unless... I thought you would because well, of the Vampire Diaries. Well, I don't know if that will be the next episode. Oh, but okay, I, will I definitely, I will definitely see you guys again. You'll be hearing my voice again. I'm not gone forever. Don't miss me too much. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.